I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi there! Welcome to History in Retrograde. This is the podcast where we use the ancient art of astrology to help us better understand the past. I'm your co-host, Chandler O'Quinn, and joining me live via satellite is my mom! Hi, Mom! Hi, Chandler! How are you? I'm doing very well. Are you ready to begin another grand experiment? Of course! I'm very ready. It's season three! All right, let's give it a whirl! Okay, let's go! And I think I am correct in saying that this is the Friday before Valentine's Day, right, Chandler? Yes, it is. So all of you people who are in love, I send you so many hearts. That's so sweet. Uh, yes, and uh, for all those who rather choose this day to, uh, or will choose Valentine's Day to commemorate um, one of the uh, greatest events ever to happen in Chicago crime history, <laughs> um, no. we also wish you uh happy St. Valentine's Day. Chandler, <laughs> you're a horrible Aquarius. That's terrible. <laughs> That's terrible. Well, Valentine's Day is um to give hearts and candy and sweet poetry to everyone it's very good mm-hmm. or to uh, meet your uh, criminal enemies <laughs> and give them a special <laughs> surprise as well no no you're very bad uh so uh welcome everyone uh to uh, history and retrograde uh the way that things work on this show is that uh, in a moment i will give the astrological birth data of a random historical figure to my mother uh, that con- consists of the person's birth date, time, and location. She will input that data into the back computer, and out will come the astrological birth chart, where all of the planets, moons, and stars were at the moment this person was born. Uh, she will then do her best to do a blind reading of this chart, telling us what she can about the uh, person's motivations and uh, their uh, characteristics of their personality and their fortunes. Uh, I will then uh, reveal to her who our mystery history guest is, mm-hmm. uh, go over a little bit of the history of that figure, and then together we'll come uh, at the end and uh, figure out how accurate the chart was at predicting uh, what this figure would do. Uh, <laughs> so without any further ado, let us begin. Okay, let's go. Uh, this is a male. All right. Uh, born on the 14th. Uh-huh. Oh, uh-huh. Of September. Okay. Uh-huh. 1918. 18. Okay. Do we have a birth time? Uh, we do not. Oh, so no. We'll have to go with noon. We're going to go with noon? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And where? Uh, France. France. Okay. France. Uh-huh. And do we have a town? Yes, uh, so it's uh, Fleury, F-L-I-E-R-Y. What about if it's this, no? Or this, or this? This, F-L-I-R-E-Y. That is correct. Okay. Fleury. 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 Whoa. 
Okay, so we don't know who this is. Um, oh, we have so many now. All right, so first I'm going to check the Placidus houses and see if this person has any interceptions, okay? I like to know first. And it does not look like they have any interceptions. So, okay. All right. Well, then we're just going to go with this um, Placidus houses. Uh, now, and if I'm, they had an interception, you would then prefer yeah, to go to the other format. Yeah. I like to now see if anybody has any interceptions. And if they uh, do, then I like to go over to Equal House Cusps, which if you see that this says Ascendant 12 right here, see? Uh -huh. So in equal house cusps, that makes every house cusp 12 degree, uh, at 12 degrees, right? All the way around. In this chart, which is Placidus, uh, these house cusps are going to be a little bit different, okay? But they don't have an interception. So uh, as we know, an interception is when, you see like these two points right here, they would both be inside of this. So you wouldn't really have a house cusp. You would have uh, sometimes two of the same house cusp and sometimes or more. Saying it just depends. One sign uh, would carry multiple houses within it. Uh, one sign usually just has two, but I guess it could have three. I, I don't know that I've ever seen that. But um, what happens is that you don't have a particular house cusp like your house cusp is within um, another sign. One one time we'll have to do like a whole show about interceptions and then it'll be in our lineup. And then if people want to know more about interceptions, they can go to that. We should do that, Chandler. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So uh, first we will go through uh, this gentleman's chart, uh, the planets and the houses. And uh, this person has um, their rising sign is Scorpio at 12 degrees. Uh, they have sun at 20 degrees Virgo, moon ooh, at 29 degrees Sagittarius, Mercury at three degrees Virgo, Venus at 2 degrees Virgo, Mars at 18 degrees Scorpio, Jupiter at 12 degrees Cancer, Saturn at 22 degrees Leo, Uranus at 24 degrees Aquarius, Neptune at 8 degrees Leo, Pluto at 6 degrees Cancer, their north node is at 17 degrees Sagittarius, and their Chiron is at one degrees Aries, one degree Aries. So because we don't know what time this person was born for sure, and we just assigned them noon, we do not know for sure that this person has Scorpio rising. Okay, so all we really do know is the location of the planets, you know, and what and what. Um, what sign they're in. So maybe when we know who the person is, or if I even know who the person is, we might be able to figure out uh, what aspects uh, might be their rising sign. So for now, we're just going to go through the planets, okay? So we have sun at 20 degrees Virgo. Uh, for a man to have sun at Virgo, it makes him very organized. Everything needs to be um, in its place. It may not be a person who is super like clean, like cleaning their area and cleaning uh, their space, but it's definitely going to be someone who can organize things when they want to. You know what I mean? They can be very, very specific uh, in how they do that. Now, the opposite situation with this is that this person has moon in Sagittarius. So to be a Virgo sun with moon in Sagittarius is like having a naughty child that lives inside of you. 
it's very possible that this person is trying to be very organized, but they have very passionate emotions and may even be kind of rugged or definitely fiery, okay? Moon in Sagittarius is going to make them fiery, but then we have Mercury at three degrees Virgo and Venus at two degrees Virgo. So now we have a triple Virgo because we have Sun, Mercury, and Venus in Virgo, um, which are all going to fall in the same house, whichever, wherever that is, you know. Uh, it's possible with Mercury and Venus in Virgo that this person, all this Virgo could make them interested in medicine, in the body, in how to heal the body. Uh, it can also make them uh, like a writer, an author. Um, whatever it is that they're doing, they are communicating in a precise way and they enjoy this. They enjoy this communication. Um, uh, they have Mars in Scorpio. Mars in Scorpio. Oof. Uh, this person could have a very bad temper and this person could have a very... Um, uh, revengeful temper. Um, they also can be very driven. Um, and they could have that Scorpio aspect. That's kind of like the occult or even a uh, psychic ability, but Mars and Scorpio is going to be very driven and very goal driven. Like, not just randomly driven, like, whatever they do is, is driven. It's specific. And they, it, they're going to win. They will win. And this is not a winning necessarily of, like, if they were in a battle or if they were in a fight, even if it's just verbal, they will win. Uh, they win because Scorpio's even though they have a re they can have a really bad temper they all they seem to keep their wits about them you know what i mean i don't know if this makes any sense or not but um then jupiter uh they have jupiter and cancer uh jupiter and cancer <laughs> sort of is like okay well for every bit of that anger that you have you are benevolently uh caring like you you care, you feed people. Jupiter and Cancer would be like, um, like a chef or something, someone who nurtures a lot. It's it's a lot. Jupiter is a lot, right? Saturn in Leo has to do with uh, Leo things. Uh, your lessons are. Show business, children, leadership. Um, Leo is ruled by the sun, so it's bright. So Leo shines a light on Saturn, where Saturn is usually um, kind of restrictive. Leo is going to give Saturn a run for its money because it's the sun, you know? Uh, Uranus and Aquarius. Uranus and Aquarius. Uranus is exalted in Aquarius. So it is at home there. Aquarius is ruled by Uranus. So this person should have had um, a very futuristic, forward-thinking, quick-thinking, uh, very quick mind, uh unique things happening out of the blue for groups of people. Uh, Neptune in Leo, Neptune, uh, uh, Neptune in Leo conjunct Saturn in Leo. Interesting. This person by sign, not by degree, but this person has, and this, this is kind of a generational thing too. This person has a natural ability to entertain and create um, create 
uh, I mean, you know, Neptune is like the filmmaker, you know, so it's possible that this person could have been very, a very creative leader or literally a very creative, uh, person for show business. I always like to go to the show business. Pluto at six degrees cancer conjunct <laughs> Jupiter. Um, wow. Uh, Pluto is your, uh, it's your power planet. I don't know where this person has it. Um, if we go by this, it would be in the eighth house. So if we went by this, this person would be quite the legacy because he has Jupiter conjunct Pluto in the eighth house, which is the house of legacy, right? So that's a big deal, but also legacy for legacy for contributing, nurturing, um, I don't know though. I mean, cancers can be pretty fierce. They, they can pinch you <laughs> with their angry claws. Um, but that North node in Sagittarius, North node conjunct the moon, uh, by degree, almost by degree, very close. Uh, there is definitely a, a, a aspect to this person that is, um, cavalier, you know, uh, knight riding into the fray kind of attitude. But that for all that Virgo and that cancer is going to kind of calm that down a little bit, you know, but it's there. And then Chiron at one degree, Aries, um, Chiron, the wounded healer, uh, this person would have had possibly even actual wounds as a child, uh, that, you know, healed could, could have even been physical, uh, that healed. And then somehow he became a healer. Um, it's an Aries, so it has to do with passions and warrior behaviors and um, motivation. Uh, it could be a sportsmanship, but I don't know. Am I even close? Yeah. <laughs> really? Oh, boy. Because this one is really, you know, it's really hard to do it without the time of birth. So, um, it... Do you have any questions? Uh, what profession do you think you'd go into? Well, he has all this Virgo. So, um, I, I would, okay, he's got the Virgo. His son is in Virgo. His Mercury's in Virgo and his Venus is in Virgo. These are all things that could be in the healing arts or an author or someone who collects data organizes things um his mars is in scorpio so uh with that mars in scorpio i mean if you connect it to the um if you connect it to the aspects of the virgo and you have the mars in scorpio which could be you know death or um um like an undertaker or a um uh, maybe a person who does, um, like studies bodies, maybe, uh, these are possibilities. His Saturn is in Leo, which makes him either an entertainer, like he's going to be an entertainer or he's going to be a leader. So is any of that making sense? Mm -hmm. It is. Okay. I mean, he could be like a surgeon. Or a person like who does autopsies or something. Uh, how would he uh, react around strangers? Well, I don't know what his rising sign is. So I don't know what his personality would be like. But his son is in Virgo. Um, his moon is in Sagittarius. That moon in Sagittarius could make him very gregarious, but his Mars in Scorpio could make him, uh, 
like, uh, re- you know, recoil. So it's uh, it's very hard to tell when you don't know what their rising sign is. What is his relationship to his emotions? I think <laughs> he thinks he has a child living inside of him that he can't control. All that Virgo and then that moon in Sag. Uh, that moon in Sag definitely and his north node is in Sag. So, I mean... Sagittarius people are very big with their emotions, you know, like if they're angry, they're really loud. They can be really loud. Uh, they can be very sometimes even um, inappropriate. Uh, and Virgo is not that. Virgo is under control and inside the lines that is how you behave so i would say that this person might be conflicted by their emotions maybe and also that cancer could make them maybe shy but i mean it's jupiter so it's big so maybe big love i don't know it's if this person is all over the place i would love to know what their rising sign is because they are pretty close to being a splash chart you know mm-hmm um, is this an athletic person? Mars and Scorpio. Mm, not necessarily. Uh, the Sagittarius moon and the North Node in Sagittarius could make them athletic. It's possible, but the, all that Virgo and Cancer and Aquarius, um, it, it, it doesn't necessarily show me Ooh, this is an athlete you know this mm-hmm. is a person who uses their mind and they have a really they, they should be very smart you know uh moon in sagittarius <laughs> north node in sagittarius for as wild as they can get especially when they're young uh they also have a mountain of information Like they really also, you know, Sagittarius collects information differently than Virgo does. Virgo collects data and is very precise in how it files it, you know, files it away in their mind and in actual files and things. But Sagittarius can have all this information uh, that uh, isn't necessarily as organized as that. Is this a communicative person? Their Mercury's in Virgo. They could communicate very well. Mercury rules Virgo. So when they communicate, though, they should be uh, precise, more precise. Uh, Mercury in Gemini is all over the place, like just uh, a typewriter with all the keys going at once. Virgo is more precise with their communication. that's why a lot of these people with the Virgo placements are authors. Mm-hmm. Uh, would they be good at following orders? Possibly very good at following orders, except that they have these child, this <laughs> child living inside of them that doesn't like to follow orders. So uh, they have Saturn in Leo and Neptune in Leo. The Saturn and Leo could make them more of a leader. Uh, the Virgo aspects of them wants to follow orders, but the Sagittarius, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm going to take a guess and say that this person, this person could follow orders unless it became necessary not to. Um, how would they respond around large groups of people? I, I, without knowing the rising sign, I don't know what they have on the 11th house. Uh, the 11th house is ruled by Aquarius, which is ruled by Uranus. So I will look at their Uranus in Aquarius and 
that's all they have in Aquarius is Uranus. So I would say that probably they were okay to be around large groups of people. Um, but they would be considered unique by large groups of people because Uranus is different. Uranus is blatantly different. If that, if that makes any sense. Are there uh, any other things that uh, stand out to you about this chart? Well, it's very frustrating to me that we can't get a time of birth or the best guess of a time of birth, because it would be really good to know, because this person has North Node almost conjunct their moon, so they're very emotional about their direction if they're following their North Node. Um, they have uh, Saturn conjunct Neptune, by sign, not by degree. So they could have interesting lessons in like creative lessons. Interesting. They have Jupiter conjunct Pluto in Cancer, which is like, that's a lot of Pluto. That's a lot of, could be death. Um, Chiron and Aries, probably some kind of lessons around war, maybe. Uh, wounded healer, maybe somehow a doctor on the battlefield, maybe. Um, that's all I can get. I mean, I can do a lot more. Like, I could do, you know, squares and I could do the aspects, but, um... I think that mm, I'd, I'd like to hear what you have to say, you know, so that then maybe I can get something more out of it. Or maybe I'll know who they are. I don't I don't ever know if I'm going to know who they are. Uh, so at this time, I think we're ready for a uh, summary of our findings. Uh-huh. So uh, the first thing that you said was that this uh, would be, uh, he would be very organized. Mm -hmm. uh, you'd want everything in its place. Mm -hmm. uh, he can organize uh, when he wants to. Uh, he uh, can be very particular mm -hmm. uh, about uh, things in his life. Uh, he, he would go about like having a naughty child living inside him. <laughs> uh, there's a part of him, there's conflict. He wants mm -hmm. to be organized, mm -hmm. uh, but can sometimes be too emotional uh, mm -hmm. to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, he might have an interest in medicine and the body and mm -hmm. how to heal. Mm -hmm. uh, the, he could communicate in a precise way and enjoy this communication. Mm -hmm. He could have a very bad temper. A uh, mm -hmm. revengeful temper. Mm -hmm. uh, he is very driven. Mm -hmm. It's possible he has a psychic ability. Uh, he is very goal driven. Uh, he is driven towards specific goals. Mm -hmm. uh, no matter what, uh, there's this determination. They will win. Mm -hmm. uh, he would be able to keep his wits about him uh, in a fight or uh, in these spouts of anger. He's still able to uh, uh, think things through. Mm-hmm. Um, there, uh, th there's a, b a benevolence about him, uh, and, uh, something maybe connected to feeding people. <laughs> nurturing, uh, uh-huh. There is an abundance of nurturing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there could be lessons in show business, uh, or mm -hmm. leadership, or children. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a forward thinking about him and a quick mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're unique things that come out of the blue for groups of people regarding mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a natural ability to entertain. Uh, it could mm -hmm. be a filmmaker. Mm -hmm. uh, is very creative. Mm -hmm. uh, he could leave a large legacy. He could be a big deal. Mm -hmm. uh, and a legacy for uh, nurturing. Mm -hmm. And uh, can he, at times he can be fierce. And mm -hmm. uh, maybe uh, uh, the aspects of cancer uh, a pinch at people with his claws. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, he could be cavalier, like a knight riding into the fray. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the attitude that he might carry about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, there might be actual wounds, or there are uh, maybe just spiritual wounds that he mm-hmm. suffered as a child mm-hmm. that he healed from. And uh, f- because of that, he is able to become a healer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could be involved in the healing arts, possibly an author. Uh, mm-hmm. Likes to collect data. Mm-hmm. Uh, could also be an undertaker. Uh, mm-hmm. There's this uh, fascination with bodies and studying bodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he could also be an entertainer or a leader. <laughs> he could be gregarious, but at other times could recoil. Uh, mm-hmm. He uh, he would go about thinking that there is this child inside that he cannot control. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can be big, loud, inappropriate at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this conflicts with his desire for order. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- there could be just big love that emanates from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not necessarily athletic, but possibly could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he uses his mind. He is very smart. Uh, mm-hmm. He could have a mountain of information. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could communicate well and precisely. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is possibly good at following orders. Uh, he would want to follow orders mm-hmm. uh, but and would uh, unless it is necessary for him not to follow those orders. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is okay to be around large groups, uh, and large groups would see him as different and unique. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is uh, something. There's very something very emotional in his direction where he's going in life. Emotions play a large part in that, mm-hmm. uh, and he would have some interesting creative lessons. And there's possibly uh, some lessons around war. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there uh, anything that I left out? No, I think that's it. I'm I'm completely confused and baffled mm-hmm. by this person. Well. I think, you know how I, I, I like to just push the envelope in, in experimentation. Uh-huh. Um, this is not the chart of a human being. <laughs> what is it? This is the astrological birth chart of Rin Tin Tin. The dog? The dog. Get the bone. You're gonna get the bone. Oh no! Why are we doing Rin Tin Tin? I, I I was just fascinated by this idea of how much of an astrological chart can apply to a dog. Well, of course it applies to a dog. Yippee had her chart done. I've done her chart. Uh, so. For those of you who are unaware, uh, Rin Tin Tin uh, was uh, one of the most popular actors of the 20th century. Oh my gosh! Uh, by yes. far uh, surpassing many of the great silent era actors. Uh, he was, uh, Rin Tin Tin I was most active in the silent era in the 1920s uh, and would have a legacy with Rin Tin Tin Jr., the third, the fourth, going on through television in the 50s and 60s. And right now, Rin Tin Tin twelfth is out there and uh, you can uh, he's a spokesman dog for the Humane Society, uh, was one of the first uh, examples of uh, an actor dog, uh, and, uh, and, and huge uh, on a level that we can't even comprehend. Uh, his international appeal, because he was working in the silent era, he was known worldwide, and children and grown men and women all fell in love uh, with this German shepherd. Uh, so, uh, the story of Rin Tin Tin, uh, starts in the middle of World War I. Uh, he was, uh, born, uh, in France, uh, during, um, bombardments. Uh, in fact, he was, um, the child- war, right here! Mm-hmm. His Chiron! 
So uh, his mother was uh, trained by uh, the Imperial German Army in the K-9 unit. And they were, uh, along with all the other uh, German shepherds, uh, were kept in a kennel. Uh, During uh, aerial bombardments uh, during World War I, (laughs) that kennel was bombed. Uh, And uh, most of the other dogs that were there uh, were killed. Uh, There was uh, an American uh, GI, uh, Corporal uh, Lee Duncan, who was with the 135th Aero Squadron. And uh, he was going into the area to uh, clear it to see if it would be suitable for landing airplanes. And he saw this building that he instinctively knew was a kennel. Mm. And uh, as he looked around and saw all of the uh, deceased dogs that were in the mm. building, he he heard yelping in the back. And he was able to clear the rubble. And uh, there was a, a, a dog who had just given birth to puppies probably just the 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 day before Uh, their eyes were still closed Mm. and uh any other gi would have felt sympathy but would have kept on moving but uh, lee duncan was different and he knew that he had to save these dogs Mm. Uh, and so he got the mother and he got the puppies and he brought them back uh to his squadron and uh, he gave the mother to uh, one of the uh, officers and uh, gave out the rest of the puppies and he kept a male and a female. Uh, he named them uh, Rin Tin Tin and Nanette. And he named them after uh, good luck charms that the French children would give to American GIs. They had Rin Tin Tin, Nanette, uh, were these little uh, little stuffed figures that they were Aww. given. And uh, he was these two dogs were his good luck charm. Uh-huh. Uh, the war would end just a few months later in November, and later in that year, uh, Duncan was able to smuggle uh, Rin Tin Tin and Nanette uh, on uh, the ship, taking him back to the States. Uh, after crossing the Atlantic, uh, he, uh, he was able to distract uh, the people uh, uh, dis- uh, embarking and was able to get uh, Rin Tin Tin and Nanette to um, a dog breeder uh, in Long Island. And it was discovered that Nanette uh, was suffering from pneumonia. Oh. And uh, so the dog breeder gave him another German Shepherd puppy that he happened to have there. Oh. Uh, so... Uh, to the the three of them, so Duncan and Rin Tin Tin, Nanette, who was Rin Tin Tin's uh, sister, uh, and now this Nanette too, were all going <laughs> on the train together, uh-huh. and then Nanette ended up passing away from oh. pneumonia. Uh, Duncan was from Southern California. He was mm-hmm. from Los Angeles, so that is where uh, they headed towards. And uh, as he starts training uh, these two dogs, and especially Rin Tin Tin, who was also called Rinty for short, mm-hmm. he noticed uh, Rin Tin Tin's uh, 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 exceptional athletic ability uh-huh. uh, that uh, Rinty could climb trees. Wow. Uh, he uh, could uh, uh, eventually we, he would take him to um, dog shows. And at the dog shows, Rinty would clear 12 foot fences Wow. He could jump that high. Wow. Uh, and at one of these dog shows, uh, there uh, was an actor who said that we could use that in the movies. Uh, <laughs> oh, and my gosh. And I said that about the movies. Uh, the And at this time in 1920 in Hollywood, uh, anyone could just go to the studios mm-hmm. with a script with their uh, uh, uh athletic dog uh with uh, whatever and just start talking to people because especially because these were all silent movies so mm-hmm. there's no really need for a closed set because mm-hmm. nobody's going to hear what's going on so there's acting going on and cameras rolling and people are having full-on conversations uh while this is going on because it doesn't matter you're not going to pick up any of that uh so he starts showing up to all the studios with Rin Tin Tin and this mm-hmm. script uh, mm-hmm. uh about his uh, uh this this the great achievement of this dog. And uh, eventually uh, he gets onto the Warner Brothers set and they're filming this uh, uh, film about wolves Mm -hmm. and uh, the wolves are not acting very well. And uh, Duncan says, well, you don't need a wolf. You need 
you need Ren 1010. He can do anything that you need. Yes. Uh, and so uh, he, gets, boy. he gets Rinty into the film, and Rinty follows every direction to a T, oh, and no. that film goes out. And then they start getting uh, contracts. And, mm-hmm. and Duncan was this man who uh, did not believe in uh, uh, lawyers. Uh, mm-hmm. So all of his contracts were done with a handshake. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so he makes, he makes these deals. <laughs> And he gets uh, Ren Tin Tin into these movies. Eventually, he gets uh, a starring role. Uh, mm-hmm. It's his second film, but a starring role in A Call to uh, the North. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this became becomes a, a major hit. Mm-hmm. And it's not like no one had ever seen a German Shepherd before, even though German Shepherds were a new breed. They had just mm-hmm. been developed in the 1890s. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were 80 other German Shepherd dogs working in the silent era. Mm-hmm. But Rin Tin Tin had something special about him. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the pictures, when you watch these silent films, mm-hmm. he has an expressiveness in his face like there is a child trapped inside of him. <laughs> uh, you, you can see the thoughts going through his eyes as mm-hmm. he moves from this way and that way. And, uh-huh. and his athletic ability was unmatched by anyone. Wow. Um, you see these films and you know there's no one here to protecting these dogs. There's no yeah. one. So you see him and he is clearing canyons. Wow. And he is falling uh, <gasps> because it calls in the script for him to fall. And so he falls and Ugh. he lands. And uh, he had taught, uh, Duncan had taught Rin Tin Tin how to act like he was injured and oh, how to walk no. on just three paws oh, and how to play so like he was dead. Uh, so. Oh, no. uh, uh the, the, and then how to uh, immediately get up and cuddle and lick the face of this actor and, and all of these things wow. uh, he could do uh, at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, he became so big uh, that uh, Warner Brothers, he was the, the leading actor in Warner Brothers Studios. Whenever yeah. Warner Brothers started uh, um, going bankrupt, they'd say, let's make another Ren Tin Tin picture. Wow. And immediately the, their coffers would fill. Yeah. Um, Ren, uh, uh, now, uh, Lee and Ren Tin Tin had developed this special bond uh, between them. Uh-huh. And uh, this uh, meant that Ren Tin Tin uh, wasn't necessarily always... Um, very gregarious. Uh, when others would try and uh, pet Rin Tin Tin because he was this great movie star and they wanted to pet him, uh-huh. he might bite them. Okay. Uh, he uh, only wanted to be around Lee. That was uh-huh. it. That was his master and that uh-huh. was it. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, now, if Lee told him it was okay, then he would go and, and cuddle up and things. But if you just approached him, wow. uh, uh, Rin might bite you. Yeah, he's and done. He, he's got that he, Mars and Scorpio. He, no, thank you. He's good. Uh, and uh, he would frequently bite uh, Jack Warner, who was the head <laughs> of Warner Brothers. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of glad about that. <laughs> <laughs> and this worked uh, both ways. Uh, so Lee Duncan, uh, he got married, and then uh, the wife sued for divorce, uh, citing that uh, Lee was negligent towards her uh, because he was only obsessed with the dog. Oh. And uh, in fact, she lists Rintin Tin as a fellow uh, defendant in the divorce. Oh my. That he is also responsible for this marriage failing. Uh-huh. Uh, eventually, Lee Duncan would marry a, a second time and, and that one would last. Oh, um, good. But uh, I just thought it was funny that, that this dog is being uh, listed as a cause for this marriage failing. That's very funny. Uh, this, uh, the, the fame was just humongous. Uh, Rin Tin Tin was being paid eight times more than any other human actor uh, on any of his films. Wow. Uh, And uh, Lee Duncan had this vision for Rin Tin Tin that he was uh, uh, this vision of of, uh, an American hero. Yes. Uh, In this time before Marvel movies, before Uh superheroes, this dog could do anything and there's nothing 
bad you could say about him. Right. Unlike these other actors, unlike your Rudolph Valentino or whoever, <laughs> who have these affairs and get drunk and, yes. and let you down, Rin Tin Tin will never let you down. Right. He will always be your companion through thick and thin. He is a hero yes. and he will give you unconditional love. Yes. Uh, and unconditional love right here. That Jupiter just... and Cancer. <laughs> Uh, th- that just took the world by storm. Uh, uh, to have this hero after going through World War One, after about going through all of these things where so many had let them down, mm-hmm. Rin Tin Tin would never do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Lee Duncan was very careful about what movies he would put Rin Tin Tin in to make sure that it all fit in with this vision of what uh, Rin Tin was meant to represent. Right. Uh. Rin Tin Tin was getting 50,000 letters a month, oh fan letters, asking for pictures, asking for autographs. Oh he would put his God. paw print oh on these no. pictures. I'm very busy. Uh, Rin Tin Tin, uh, the, and, and just, this is the 1920s, so there there's all sorts of merchandising going on, all sorts <laughs> of figurines. Um, and the, the newspapers write about Rin Tin Tin just the same as they would write about uh, Valentino or uh, Barrymore. Uh, uh, when uh, Nanette got pregnant, uh, they went into one of the bridal suites in one of the uh, largest hotels in Hollywood. And uh, after the puppies were born, the reporter said they spoke to Nanette, and Nanette is going to take a break from acting so that she can uh, focus on raising the puppies. <laughs> That's very nice, Nanette. <laughs> uh, and uh, again, all of this built upon... Uh, Rintintin's exceptional ability to communicate emotions, mm-hmm. uh, to act, to literally act, and and this was not just uh, something that people would throw away. Uh-huh. Rintintin was uh, uh, given the most votes mm-hmm. uh, out of everyone in the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences for the first ever Best Actor Award in 1929. Oh my goodness, that's uh, amazing. Now- now, this was mostly because Jack Warner did not believe in the Academy Awards, and so he threw Rin Tin Tin in there as a joke to nominate him. <laughs> and then the Academy said, well, we can't actually give this to a dog, and so they gave it to someone else. Oh, um, no. But it was evident everywhere of the acting ability of this canine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that that was 1929. That same year, the first talking pictures start coming out, and <sighs> Warner Brothers took this opportunity of the talking pictures to pivot, and they decided that they did not want to make any more Rin Tin Tin pictures. Oh. Uh, and uh, so Rin Tin Tin would go to other uh, less acclaimed studios. He would continue to make a few of these talking pictures. Um, but you could really see that... Uh, uh, the the end of the silent era meant that he could not get commands while the cameras were right, rolling. Right. So I, I saw a few of these talking ones, and you can see Rinty having to look off camera to see where Lee Duncan is before he does the next thing that he's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a gap, there's pauses, and you can see why this doesn't necessarily work at this time, because Rin Tin Tin was already over 10 years old. He was right. an old dog. He was yes. used to just being told what to do yes. uh, while this was all happening, instead of having to find his next order and to right. be given to him through hand signals. Yeah. Uh, though I would just like to put it out there that Marlon Brando uh, had cue cards that were taped to Robert Duvall's body <laughs> so that he could remember his lines, and they gave him an Academy Award. Uh, so I think that Rin Tin Tin is a better actor than Marlon Brando, and uh, if you don't agree with me, then uh, you know where my email address is. <laughs> Uh, wow. So, uh, as these uh, talking pictures dried up, uh, Lee Duncan took Rin Tin Tin out on the vaudeville circuit uh, and taught uh, people around the nation, how do you teach your dog? Uh, because this is a, a fundamental change in Americans' relationship to their dogs uh-huh. as we are starting to get into a point where more people are living in cities than are living in country. Mm-hmm. Um 
their relationship to their dog is changing. So their mm-hmm. dog is now coming inside the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now it is very important that they have obedience training. They're not some tool that you use uh, to help uh, uh, with your cattle and your sheep. Mm-hmm. They're now becoming a part of your family on a widespread scale. Mm-hmm. And so Duncan is able to show how do you train your dog to sit? How do you train your dog to be calm, to be obedient? He is the Caesar Milan of the <laughs> 1930s. Uh, and so this uh, continues on uh, into the 1930s, uh, and uh, uh, but and, and he starts he makes public appearances too. The, uh, um, there, there's this one film reel where uh, he makes an appearance at an orphanage, which was mm. really important to Lee because Lee was an orphan himself. His mother had left him at an orphanage when he was five years old, oh. uh, so it was really important to him to bring happiness to these orphans. And mm-hmm. you you read about and you watch these newsreels of these children who are seeing their hero come, uh, uh, and and, and uh, this this human. It's incapable of saying how big this is to see uh, Rin Tin Tin in your orphanage mm-hmm. and and the shrieks of joy of seeing him. And uh, Lee Duncan says, well, I'm going to need a volunteer. And then there's this little boy who pops up and, and he says, OK, Rinty, go get the bad guy. <laughs> and, and Rinty's able to act like he is attacking this boy. Oh my uh, gosh. Uh, and and not actually hurt him. Oh and the my boy goodness. is very confused about all of this. Oh no. Uh, and then uh, he says, okay, now make up. And then Rin Tin Tin licks him all over his oh. face. Uh, and uh, so that that's how they were uh, making their living going into the 1930s. Oh. Uh, in 1932, uh, Rin Tin Tin was uh, something like 14 wow. uh, years old. Um and and he he ended up passing away in mm. the summer of uh, uh 1932 mm-hmm. and this was worldwide news. I'm uh, sure. There there are newsreels where they offered just 30 seconds of the president uh, giving a speech and then devoted the rest of the five minutes to covering Rin Tin Tin oh. passing away. Uh. uh there were the it became he just passed away from natural causes the way that sure. lee duncan says is that he is uh it was a summer uh afternoon he heard him bark once and then uh he was gone oh. uh but that wasn't enough for the people uh to hear so they made up these stories they said that rin tin tin was was fighting uh, uh he was fighting for his very life and then uh, he gave it in this ultimate sacrifice and and his neighbor gene Harlow came and and cradled his furry face in her Gene lap. Harlow. Mm-hmm. Oh my! Uh, 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 until uh, uh, until his last uh, breath was given, uh, uh, the radio broadcast that they interrupted live radio broadcasts to tell people that Rin Tin Tin had died. And oh. the next day, there was a one-hour tribute broadcast to the life of Rin Tin Tin. Wow! Uh, it, during the broadcast, uh, one of the anchors said that Rin Tin Tin was a gentleman, a scholar. A cinema star. In fact, a dog which was everything we wish we could be. Yes. Uh, Lee Duncan had said repeatedly throughout Rinty's life uh, and afterwards that there will always be a Rin Tin Tin. Uh, He uh, had made sure that there would be... So one of the puppies that was born to Rinty and Nanette, he kept him as a junior, as Rin Tin Tin Jr. Uh-huh. He made a few films uh, with him, mm-hmm. uh, but he was not known as being the best actor. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, Rinty III, uh, he would go into uh, the uh, American service during World War II, mm-hmm. at a time when now people had been training their dogs at home and now the united states army called on those dogs to help in the war effort to form canine units Mm -hmm. which was something that i had never even thought of Mm -hmm. that the u.s army would not have been training its own canines and so not only is your your father or your brother being drafted uncle sam's also coming for fido to help them fight (laughs) the germans right and so there was this big effort of of drafting your dog and getting your dog and uh, Rin Tin Tin the Third was instrumental mm-hmm. in giving Americans uh, the boost uh, to do that. 
uh, and then later on, getting into the advent of television, uh, Rinty the Fourth was said uh, to be the star of the Adventures of Ren Tin Tin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there were actually four German shepherds, and uh, Rinty the Fourth wasn't on camera very often. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, just for a whole new generation, uh, uh, learned who Rin Tin Tin was and mm-hmm. and what it could what what it meant uh, in the uh, American zeitgeist of of this encapsulation <laughs> of American heroism in 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 your furry four legged friend. That's amazing. Uh, so. Uh, you know, th- this was a, uh, this was a little bit harder of one, uh, to go after, uh, with, uh, no time. And, uh, but I, I think that a lot of these things, uh, hit, uh, on, uh, point. Uh, I think that he was very goal driven. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was very communicative. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that, um, he was in the movies. There... He was in the movies. Yes. He was a filmmaker. He had big, big love. Ah, uh, big, big love. love. <laughs> uh, communicate well unique. and precisely. He was very unique. unique. He was very uh, groups, unique. Groups, groups of people mm-hmm. uh, would view him as unique, um, yes. benevolent, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, could could also be a little crabby. Yeah. Uh, could also. Uh, uh, I think that doesn't might like be to more be his, approached. Yeah, his Mars and Scorpio. He was wanted to be left alone. Um, but, uh, uh, I, I think a lot of it is there. I, mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I would say on our scale of right on the money to way out in outer space, uh, this uh, might be a little bit in the middle, but very close to right on the money for, uh, for our fine furry friend, Rin Tin Tin. Aww. Well, I'm very glad. I totally believe in doing a chart for your dog or your cat or whatever animal you know what their birthday is. It's very cool to do a chart for your animal. Uh, if you do a chart for your animal, you can get an idea of what kind of animal they're going to be, you know? So mm-hmm. it's kind of fun. Yes. Uh, is there uh, anything else about uh, the chart uh, that speaks out to you more now that you know uh, who it is? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's still hard to figure out what he might have had rising, but uh, it is a lot of fun to look at the different things, like the whole thing about you know, Chiron at one degree, Aries having, you know, uh, a wounded situation, you know, from war, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, come on. So that's very interesting. It's very, very interesting. I I am glad you chose this, Chandler, even though uh, this isn't something I was expecting, but it's very interesting. Uh, well, uh, I think that uh, just about uh, concludes uh, this episode of History in Retrograde. I would like to uh, thank you all so much uh, for listening. Uh, if you would like to uh, reach out and uh, support the show, we have all of the links posted to our social media uh, in uh, the episode description. Uh, we also have a link to our PayPal account. Uh, if uh, you would uh, feel uh, generous enough to uh, donate a little bit to there, that uh, every little bit helps us make making a better quality show and expanding our audience. And uh, if you would like to be your very own mystery history guest or maybe have your pet be a mystery history guest, um, <laughs> we can make that happen for you. Uh, we have a link to uh, Chandler's mom at historyandretrograde.com. Email that and mom can get with you about all the details on uh, how to get that chart done uh, for uh, you or the, you and that special someone or, or your uh, four-legged or maybe a bird even. I don't know. Uh-huh. It depends on... Uh, on uh, on what you got. Sure. Absolutely. If you want to do a chart on one of your pets, I'd love to do that. Um, also, uh, please check all the social media to see where I'm going to be next. Um, I am out in the world meeting and greeting you all and doing mini charts and mini readings and things like that at different um, holistic fairs. And I'm very excited to meet you all. And I'm very excited for all of the people who are now listening to the show because they have met me at one of the fairs. And we're hoping that we can get Chandler to go with us at some point soon. But uh, it's very exciting. Everything is so much fun. And I love meeting you guys. It's, It's so fun to have you guys become kind of part of the family and um, just look and look on the social media and you can see where I'm going to be next. 
Uh, yes. Uh, so, uh, thank you again so much for listening. As always, in conclusion, as long as your houses are in order and the stars are aligned, everything will be just fine. Everything is going to be just fine. Thank you so much for listening. We're so happy you're there. We love you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.